0: Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very, very much. We are going to begin our first Pirkei Avot Shire in our series. As you know, that the period between Pesach and Shavuot is a very special time because we recite four cycles of Pirkei Avot. Pirkei Avot are known in English as Ethics of the Fathers. Pirkei Avot, actually the word Pirkei doesn't mean ethics, it means um, chapters. Avot means fathers. And I'm not quite sure how it got that name. I'm sure that uh, if we looked in greater detail we would discover. But essentially what it is, is the, um, what I would term, and it's, it's perhaps, it's not a comfortable term, I would term it as the folklore, the ethical folklore Uh, and the backdrop in terms of uh, how one is meant to behave as a Jew. And it's important that one needs to know how to behave, not just what to do and when to do it, but how one should behave when one is doing it. And we have Pirkei Avot. Pirkei Avot gives us that backdrop, that sensitivity to the way we should behave as Jews, in the mouths of the greatest rabbis of our forebears, the Talmudic Sages. The rabbis of the Talmud are the ones who set down the law. So those of you who are listening to this shir, watching this shir, you've studied Talmud with me, Mishnah, and the Medrash in our Parsha Share you'll recognize many of the names. You'll be familiar with many of the names that we're going to say and speak about when we uh, talk through the Pirkei Avot but they're not going to be saying things which relate to halacha. they're going to be talking about our behaviour and each of them is going to come up with a pithy observation of Jewish ethical behaviour how it is that one should behave as a Jew it's not good enough to do the right thing one has to do the right thing from the correct perspective, that is key to being a good Jew, and that is so, so important. So purke Avot, which traditionally is something that was recited between Mincha and Mariv, uh, um, uh, certainly after the Mincha on Shabbat, between Pesach and Sukkot, uh, Rosh Hashanah actually, four cycles of six, and you go through the Perkeh Avot each week, you say one Perek, there are six altogether. You do your math, so you know that there's going to be um, that, that you have six, twelve, thirty six, you have twenty four altogether. Perkeh Avot that you're going to be doing between now and Rosh Hashanah. Now, that's roughly half a year, it's not exactly half a year because we're going to we only began a week after Pesach and we're going to stop a week before Rosh Hashanah. In fact, sometimes we have to double up some of the parochim, because we run out of weeks in order to do the 24. However, we're going to begin with the introduction to Perke Avot. I'm not going to go through the cycle, by the way. Last Shabbat, we already did Perik Aleph because we already had a, Pes- uh, a Shabbos after Pesach. But we're going to begin with the first Perek, I'm just going to go through it and we're going to get through as much material as we can in Perkei Avot to get some sense of what it means to be a good Jew. Not because we knew what time Shabbos came in and not because we know exactly how we're meant to shake the Lulav and not because we know exactly how much Matzah we need to eat on Seder night but because we know how we need to behave as ethical Jews. Jewish ethics. Ethics of our fathers as contained in Pirkei Avot. We begin as follows. Call Yisrael. Every Jew. What's the name of a Jew? You're going to say Jew, right? Where's the name Jew come from? From the word Yehudi. Where's the first time we see the word Yehudi? in Jewish literature Megillat Esther Mordechai Ha Yehudi and by the way there's a whole discussion in Masechet Megillah was he in fact a descendant of Judah or was he a descendant of Benjamin? I'm not going to go into that now but the word Jew is a very late word in terms of its use as a definition of Jews. We consider ourselves Jews. How were Jews referred to, and particularly in the English language, until the middle of the 19th century? Anyone know? Israelites. We were referred to as Israelites. We were descendants of Israel. Who is Israel? The third of three patriarchs, forefathers. We had Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Jacob wrestled with an angel. And he changed his name, God changed his name, from Jacob to Israel. We became the B'nai Yisrael. Individual Jews are referred to as Yisrael, we are Israelites. Now you can have a status as an Israelite to be a Kohen or a Levi. Cecile, your husband, Ed is a Levi, right? But he's still an Israelite, he is a Yisrael. We are descendants of Yisrael. We have wrestled with angels and we have prevailed. That is what it means to be an Israelite. We must be constantly wrestling with angels and we must always prevail. That's what Pirke Avot begins with. Call Yisrael, every Yisrael, every Israelite, talking about every Jew. What are we going to say about every Jew? (laughs) Yeish lahem chilek le'olam haba every single Jew has a place in the world to come. Which world are we talking about? So you might think that we are talking about the world to come, which is the world that's the afterlife. You live in this life, if you read my piece this week in the Thriller notebook, uh, or that you can find on my website, www.rabbidunner.com. Look in the library section, you'll see the latest article that I've written is about what it means to be a Jew and how one should approach issues of mortality Yesh lahem chilek l'Olam haba We have a place in the world to come That means even though we live a life which is physical and material ultimately even when we die that life continues through our neshama in a place that we call olam haba so is that what we're talking about? Every single Jew has a place in the world to come. So, the Bartanura questions this, or at least challenges this notion, by saying, Even those Jews who have done something which made them culpable, which made them guilty, which made them, um, that they, if they were brought in front of a court of law, that they would be sentenced to capital punishment. Mipnei <rish> atan because of their wickedness, Yesh le'olam haba. They still have a place in the world to come. That means you are born as a Jew, with a place in the world to come, you have an address. Somebody asks you for your. Everybody knows their address, right? Ask anybody for their address, and they'll tell you. Ask somebody, what was the address of the home that you grew up in? They'll be able to recite it for you in their sleep. I know where I belong. I know where I come from. Every single Jew has a place, has their address, has their home in the world to come. The question is, will you be able to live there? Will you be able to get there? You know that uh, when you have a place that you need to get to, you may know your destination, and you may know that when you get to your destination, that the people who welcome you there will treat you with great respect and great love and great attention. You'll get dinner, you'll get lunch, you'll get a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, People will pamper you and take care of you. But will you be able to get there? Are you able to reach that destination? That's a separate question. So the beginning part of the avot is to tell you that whoever you are, at whatever level of Jew that you are, whatever level of faith that you are, wherever you come from, whoever your parents were, wherever you live... You have a place, you have an address. You have your home in the Olam Haba. That's the first explanation. The second explanation is kind of parallel, but very important. What is one of the core beliefs of the Jewish faith? We believe in not just the afterlife, but in the rebirth of life, in reincarnation. We believe that every single person who lives has a neshama that can be re-implanted into a soul, into a body. That soul can be implanted into a body and bring that body to life even though the soul has not lived in a body for who knows how long. Because there's no time and there's no space when it comes to a neshama. Neshama is a chelek elokim mima'al. is part of God Himself. And if God wants to reincarnate a human being, using the same, um, I, the, the analogy I always use is a hard drive. Imagine you found a hard drive from 20 years ago. Remember we used to have Windows 7? I'm not even going back to Windows 1. Remember we used to have Windows 7? We were so excited when everybody bought it. We queued up outside the store we wanted to buy. It. We bought that computer and we used it for a year and a half and then it was completely and utterly obliterated by the future versions of uh, Windows that came out after it. What happened to that Windows 7 computer? So most of us probably threw it out. What about those of us who didn't throw out the computer that used that particular uh, um, uh, hard drive that was, uh, that, was, uh, that was engineered or that was... Uh, um, uh, animated using the software of Windows 7, you find it one day, you're going through your attic, and you'll find an old computer, and you'll open up the computer, and in, and that computer's window, nobody uses Windows 7, you're certainly not going to be able to use any of your modern software on that computer, but it contains a lot of information. It contains the hard drive of your life when you use that computer. That is the neshama of the computer. Now the fact that the computer has not been used or activated, maintained, nothing has happened on that computer for many years, doesn't mean the computer doesn't exist. It just means that it's been dormant for any number of years and now you're using it again. That neshama can be reanimated when you plug the computer in and suddenly you'll go back 15-20 years Because you'll be using a computer that is generating or that is animated by the software of its era. Your neshama, your soul, is a hard drive that contains a lot of software. And at some point, life ends, but the neshama doesn't end. The neshama doesn't have a life. The neshama is something that outlives its own existence. Your neshama is your hard drive. And one day, that hard drive will be reinserted. It will be reincarnated as the neshama after techiyat hametim. That is one of the core beliefs, the foundational beliefs of the Jewish faith. That your neshama, your personality, everything about you, is unique to you in your neshama and that it will, it will be reanimated at a certain point in time at the end of days Kol Yisrael haba that's how we introduce Perke Avot every single Jew no matter who you are or where you live has a chilek in that ultimate destination in that destiny you have a neshama, and everything you put into that neshama is something that will outlive you, outlive your body, that is, outlive your material existence. And at some point, at the end of days, there will be an olam haba, and you will re exist. You will come back in that format. Not quite sure, I never know how to answer these questions. You know, when kids ask me, when there is tchiat hametim, am I going to be in the body of a thirty-year-old or a seventy-year-old? Am I going to be? Um, am I going to be sick like I was when I was sick, or am I going? To, what? What? In what format am I going to re-emerge after t'chiyat? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I have no idea. But I do know that yonashama is timeless and ageless, like a hard drive. And as long as you find something that can access the information on that hard drive and Hashem is going to do that at the end of days what is on your hard drive which is down to you will be there in olam haba kol yisrael haba so that is the introduction to bracha avot and there is a pasuk amech kulam tzadikim your people your nation are all righteous olam Yirshu aretz they will inherit the land. Aretz is a synonym for Olam Haba. Now we begin with the first Mishnah. And I, I didn't want to end this shear. We're going to uh, go on for a few more minutes. I want to do at least the first Mishnah of Pirke Avot. And we'll continue with Perik Aleph, with chapter 1 of Pirkei Avot, next Thursday at 5pm. And this shear will... Be posted online, both as a podcast on my website and on YouTube. I know that Carly is taking very good care of all the um, all the uh, postings of uh, podcasts and videos, and I'm very pleased about that. And thank you so much. The first Mishnah in Perke Avot: Moshe Kibel Torah Sinai, Now I have to tell you that uh, I began this talk about Pirkei Avot by telling you that in fact Pirkei Avot, the ethics of our fathers, teaches us how we need to behave as human beings. What is the human touch when it comes to being a Jew? What are our ethical obligations? Do you think that we're the only ones? Do you think that Jews are the only people who consider ethics? I wrote about exceptionalism today. I don't want to ever be accused of being An exceptionalist you hear that it's very important for you to know because we're not unique there's nothing different between a Jew and a non-Jew and a Gentile in terms of our desire to do the right thing and behave in the right way we all want to do the right thing in fact there is I'm not going to call it a religion but in fact it is a religion there is a form of human behavior that is referred to in English as humanism. Do you know what humanism is? Humanism is the um, agreed social behaviour of Jews. How should... uh, Sorry, as human beings. How should human beings behave towards each other? I'll give you an example of, of humanism. It's very bad to kill people. Why is it bad? Because I don't want to be killed. Therefore, if I kill someone, I'm killing somebody who obviously has the same opinion as I do. And he also doesn't want to be killed. Therefore, if I don't want to be killed, I'm not going to kill anybody else. Because if I kill other people, they'll probably kill me. And as a humanist, I want to make sure that there's no murder in the world. I don't like it when people steal from me. Therefore, I'm not going to steal because I'm a humanist. I want to make sure that human behavior is going to be a reflection of all the things that I don't want to happen to me. Now that's very ethical by the way, right? Because I don't want to steal, which means I'm not going to steal, which means that nobody is going to suffer as a result of my behavior towards them. And hopefully if every, everybody lives by my moral standards, they will also not steal from me or murder me or do bad things to me in the same way as I won't do it to them and we're going to have a wonderful, moral, ethical society. There's one thing missing from that, of course, which is the existence of God. It's got nothing to do with God. It's convenience. I don't want to have anything stolen from me. Therefore, I'm not going to steal from anybody else. Because it would be most inconvenient if things were stolen from me. And one of the ways I can ensure That society respects those moral standards that I think are important is by not stealing from other people. So I've established a moral code which has got nothing to do with any kind of divine intervention. The moral code is I'm not going to steal and I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm not going to murder and therefore no one's going to commit adultery with anyone who's to do with me. And no one's going to steal from me, no one's going to murder me, because the society will be governed by the rules of humanism. What's the difference between that and the Jewish ethical and moral code? Between humanism and Pirkei Avot? Ultimately, it sounds like exactly the same thing. That I don't want to steal, and therefore I'm going to tell people stealing is a very bad thing. And it's true, stealing is a bad thing. The difference is the very first words of Pirkei Avot. Do you know why I don't steal? Moshe Kibel Torah misinai. Moses received the Torah at Mount Sinai. Do you know why I don't steal? No doubt I can find ethical and moral value in being somebody who is entirely honest and never takes anything from anyone that doesn't belong to me. But ultimately, I do so because God tells me that that is the right way to behave. And in fact, there there will be occasions when, by my own assessment, the way I behave might be considered immoral, but God tells me, no, no, that's moral behavior. What you're doing is entirely correct. And there might be times when I think that something is entirely moral. I want to get up on my high horse and shout from the rooftops. This is moral behavior. And God tells me, no, no, that's not moral behavior. Pirkei Avot begins with the concept of Moshe Kibel Torah Misinai. Everything that we have received in terms... Of our ethical and moral behavior is not something that we came up with in Yiddish, you call it boichsvoros. Have you ever heard of those that word? A boichsvara is something is a, you know, most logical calculations come from your brain. So it would be called, I'm not sure if there isn't this expression in Yiddish, a moychsvora, a brain logical calculation. But a boichsvora is a logical calculation that comes from your stomach. And that is not necessarily an academic or intellectual choice. That may be motivated by other factors. Judaism is not a boich Judaism is Moshe, Kibel, Torah, Missinai. Moses received the Torah of Mount Sinai. He gave it to Yehoshua, as we're going to see, "Um who was his Talmud, who was his student, who was his disciple, who was his replacement, who was his successor. Yehoshua took that Torah from him, and the Torah that we have received is the Torah that Moses received at Mount Sinai, directly from God. Next week, when we talk about Pirkei Avot, we're going to talk about the fact that there is a tension between the Torah's development and the fact that it seems far more sophisticated right now than it was at the time of Moses and Yehoshua and the Zekanim, and the fact that we have a tradition in Judaism that says that those with whom the Torah originated were far greater than anyone who came after them. How do we explain that tension? How do we explain this contradiction? That is what we're going to discuss in our next class about Perke Avot. Meanwhile, I'd like to wish you all a very good evening and thank you so much for joining me. Perke Avot is the center and the engine of Jewish existence, the engine of what it means to be a Jew. And together we're going to get through as much of it as we can over the next few weeks and months between Pesach and Sukkot so that we can have a sense of who we are as Jews and how we should behave, not just in terms of what time something is or how we need to do something, but how we need to be, what is our frame of mind, what are the things that we need to watch out for in terms of our Jewish behavior. That is the, the center, that is the central message. Pirke Avot, and that's what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Thank you.